Welcome to Government Love Bot. The only podcast whose official stance is that racism is bad. And I'm Tyler. I'm Nick. I'm D. Well, welcome everybody. Alright, so what's up guys? Got some exciting things. Oh, nothing. I just returned to the country today. Yeah, uh... Tyler had to flee from the American government for a stint of about a week so that he could clear his name. He's just returned from the fictional universe of Narnia. Uh, They finally figured out that in sixth grade I accidentally stole a Subway sandwich from a federal building. God is that. And the Subway sandwich had the Declaration of Independence inside it. No, no, D. It was was just a Subway sandwich, but I definitely did steal it. They were upset. Um, but he got him on stat- those statues of limitations. You know, it's yeah, exactly. That's how I saved myself. And he's, I got he's away back. The statue of limitations. Back at the unofficial official branch of the government, the Lovebot branch. We are the unofficial official unofficial. We are got to make sure that the, offic- <laughs> the officially unofficial uh, branch of the government. Yes, <laughs> the officially unofficial branch. <laughs> We are, we are, we are officially not, unofficially, unofficially, officially, unofficially. I'll have you know, I've seen the Pentagon before. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have you know, I've gone to Washington, D.C. I've seen a Pentagon before, (laughs) like the shape. (laughs) I've seen a Pentagon before. I'm basically working for the government. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone to Washington, D.C. You want to hear something crazy? Is that I'm a like I'm a I'm no. a huge no okay never mind. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge Washington football fan. Uh, I have never been to Washington D.C. Damn. When, when I was in like third grade. I went when I was in sixth grade. I was supposed to go in eighth grade, and then I, uh, I took two years off of school. That's a just, story for a different time, though. Just casually, that'll have to be a topic. One oh, day. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Not it, it wasn't the pandemic, by the way. I'm I'm older than that. If anybody's wondering, anybody out there wants casually, to know, they just casually actually took um, two years off. Yeah, you know, you just sometimes you just need a break. So I took a couple years off of school. All right, weird. Well, I think those two years served you well because you've got some interesting, fun topics that is really kind of like all the craze right now. It might not be by the time this is out. But you know what? Who cares? Uh, Nick, I am positive that The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is still going to be all the craze in a month when this comes out. Um, and probably for a couple years it, it will be something people talk about, I think. Uh, it's fucking awesome, guys. It's it's awesome. It's I I, I, I you know, I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit of a review. If that's all right with you guys, it's not. No. Okay, never mind. I'm just uh, feeling hostile today. Tyler I'm sorry. came back from from Narnia and he's just pissed about it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just hostile. He chose violence today. Exactly. All right, go for it. Dave. Okay. Tell us about Tears of the Kingdom. I just want to start by saying, guys, anybody who's worried that it is not, it's not going to live up 
to the hype. It's not going to be like, it's, it's going to be, I've seen people say, oh, it's just like DLC for Breath of the Wild. Oh, it's just like a rehab. It's not, it's not, it's, it's everything. It's, it's everything that it, you want it to be and probably more. It's really good. There's, there's, there's a lot of crazy shit. But I'm not going to spoil it, because I'm doing a spoiler-free review in case anybody listening hasn't played it. I know these two haven't, so... Can we I especially spoil have to that watch you can them. make the love bot in Tears of the Kingdom? We've made it in. Uh, you, actually, you, you could. Uh, I have to know, though. Does... Oh, like, what, what kind... What kind what's uh, this love bot? What it's kind a, of powers does it have? It's a stone construct with a dick. And a rocket attaches to the dick so it can fly. Okay. Alright. Let me write that down. Uh, so that way I can remember to make a stone construct with a dick for the love bot. Yes. <laughs> See, I always imagine the government love bot is like a Megazord from uh, Tower Rangers. And when it separates into multiple pieces, each piece is just like a different form of genitalia. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, uh, it's just like you know, I just it's just like like you know the the power is even like master best or like mastodon, just like cock, <laughs> just like we're not talking like, about the it's the medallion cock. Uh, I had always pictured it like like I I, I it's like <clears throat> Voltron, but uh the head of the the head of the robot was our little like uh heart logo guy. And there's a penis that, on it. It has a penis on it too, apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why does this need to have? A penis? I'm sorry, Nick. That doesn't even make any sense because the whole joke was about Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton did de- definitely not have sex with somebody who had a penis. I uh, I would disagree. It doesn't even he work. Had sex with the entirety of the CIA. I'm sorry, you cannot tell me there are not males employed there. The the CIA actually definitely discriminates against men. There's no men. It's it's actually. <laughs> There are no men in this <laughs> Wow, based CIA. Um, the CIA, it's, it's all I tomboys. hate men. <laughs> I hate men. Awuga. <laughs> Tyler pulling the feminist card early today. <laughs> no, I just I just hate myself. It just it, it has nothing to do with feminism or gender. I just hate myself. Um so guys. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, okay. All right. I have not beat the game yet because it's a huge game, and I've gotten lost in labyrinthine cave structures way too many times already for me to have beaten it in a uh, in a reasonable amount of time. I'm sorry, but somebody already beat the game in 96 minutes. What's your excuse? I'm, I'm positive that you can beat the game in like 0.7 seconds by glitching through a Korok or something. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like, like, did he do that on his first run of the game? Like, don't you think you, don't you want to play it for fun first before you start like breaking it? Uh, like, what? There, that there, is fun for people. Yeah, there, there's some people where like, I guess that, so. that is, that is their fun. It's the same kind of, some kind of thing with like, uh, the min-maxing and like, going hard on stats in MMOs. But, I know, but I feel like wouldn't you want to play it through normally first so that you can see, like where your jumps are taking you? I, one hundred percent agree. I feel yeah, like I mean, some people are just <clears throat> want it, want to do it their way. 
I don't think I could ever speed run a game because that I feel like it would ruin the game for me. I understand why people do it though. I can't speed run a game because I'm stupid. Uh, yeah, I'm I way too slow. I, I I thought about trying to speed run Wii Sports Golf. Then I remember I fucking hate Wii Sports Golf. Damn, ain't no Wii Sports bowling or tennis for sure. Uh, no, actually, golf is the worst one. Maybe baseball is the worst one. I don't know. Tears of the Kingdom, guys. <laughs> okay. Wii Baseball, spoiler-free review. Wii Baseball, spoiler-free review. <laughs> I swear to God, if you spoil Wii Baseball, I swear to God. I will leave the podcast. I'm sorry. It's what will happen. It's got a huge story, dude. Um, the most in-depth story. It anyway, does. Sorry. Of all the Wii Sports games, the baseball has the most has the biggest story, I think. It's the actually most the boxing lore. Legitimately, the boxing game has the most lore. Don't ask me don't ask me what I mean by that. It does though. I won't. Anyway, <laughs> so Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Alright, okay. <laughs> okay, alright. So uh the the game starts, right? It opens up. And okay, uh no spoilers. But you're in a you're in this place, right? And then you you the, you're looking at a thing, uh, and then you like you 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 go into this place some more, and then a thing happens, right? Okay. All right. I'm uh, sorry. I think oh we're gonna God, have to is... be a little bit more. You're gonna have to risk doing some spoilers, D. Some spoilers, okay. Because right. it, because we being like you go into this place and a thing happens. I'm pretty sure that describes the entire game. I don't know. I was falling exactly where in the game he was at. Fuck! I'm just <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, right. D. So I, I, th- I think we all. I think if you've seen the trailers, you know, uh, Ganondorf makes a reappearance. I also talked about how sexy he was just a couple episodes ago. Uh, that was last episode, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. When from uh, the point we're recording no. this, this is last. It's last episode. No, it's it's a couple episodes back now. No, no, because tomorrow. Oh yes, it is. Yeah. Because we did uh, last week, last week's episode that people would have seen is the one where we had Joey guest. Yes. Yeah. No. And it was the week we before. And then, that too. So no, that's been a couple weeks. No, guys, guys, we record a month ahead of schedule, not two weeks ahead of schedule. Last week was the Ganondorf. This week is the D and D special. Next week is episode ten. The week after is Joey. The week after that is this episode. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. We are on a month out schedule. We record four episodes ahead of time, so it's not. Yeah, but there's no way we did the D and D special. We had, we had after D&D. we had Ganondorf D and D because Super Mario EDC. I, I know I'm only remembering my topics, but like uh, I'm just thinking about my notes. Hang on, I have the list. I have the list. I'm the Hold one on. that schedules you guys. I know what order they're going out in. We just did Ganon. Doing D and D, then it's Anna episode ten. On Monday. Then it's Joey. Oh yeah, no, he's right. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Criminal Intent, Danimals, Ganon is hot. D and D special, Mario movie, uh, and then Ideal D and D party every day. Carrie and Breaking Bad. In less than twelve. Man, hours... it doesn't feel like it's been that long <laughs> since that Ganon episode. In less than twelve hours from this recording, there will be the D and D special out for the world to enjoy. My favorite part about that special is it was supposed to be our 10th episode special, but I miscounted. It's technically 9 yeah. because episode 1 got lost. Yeah, so. it's episode 9 and then 
the episode after that is uh, episode 10. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I just like ninth anniversaries. That's what we should do from now on. Just because of this meme, like just because of this joke, we should only celebrate our ninth anniversary. So wait, like when we get to 100 episodes, we actually celebrate the 99th episode? The 81st because yes. it's a multiple... Or, or if you want to get really, if you want to get really weird, you just celebrate the one hundredth and ninth episode. <laughs> um, I like this idea. Put a pin in this. Put a pin. Put a pin. Anyway, in tears of the kingdom. <laughs> tears of the kingdom. We're really, okay. we're really all around today. We're scattered. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, well, we, we. I mean, in a way, we all kind of came back from vacation, so we're our our brains are resetting. We need some time. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. We'll get there. Okay. All right. So here is my honest, actual, uh, spoiler-free review so far. Uh, as I think anybody who watched the trailer knows, uh, the game is going to open with Link and Zelda, uh, coming across Ganondorf. I don't the... think that's a surprise for anybody. Nick, I hope I didn't just spoil that for you. Dehydrated dwarf. The the Dehydradorf, if you will. Um, <laughs> Great name, Dehydradorf. Where was the Dehydradorf on the rankings of hot Ganons? Uh, <laughs> negative first place. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, this further cements the pig toes love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I just love sucking pig toes. Um. <laughs> um. Hang on, gotta open the quote section real quick. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, yeah, it open opens up with with that. I mean, it kind of makes sense because that was literally the first trailer too. We see like Link and Zelda kind of wandering the cavern, see the more the um, artistic uh, creations or like artistic tellings of like Ganondorf being trident wielding. Dude, and then Dehydradorf. Yeah, <laughs> Dehydradorf. So, so I, I think at this point everybody is, uh, is, is aware of, uh, of, of Dehydradorf and the return of Ganondorf. Um, we, we, we know Matt Mercer is, is Ganondorf. Um, fucking Mercer. It's always fucking Mercer. Uh, and it's Mercer uh, we, count we know, twenty-three. We, what Mercer count twenty three, Mercer count twenty three. Um, we know about the glowy hands. We know about the there's some new powers. Don't think those are surprises for anybody. Uh, I really want to focus on the uh the the new powers and how you interact with the world because I think they definitely saw a bit of a gap in the powers that were given to you in Breath of the Wild, and uh, I think they just improved on it. Like, I, honestly, every single one of the powers in this game, you go, holy shit! Oh my god, I can use that! In any situation. You go, oh my god, I can, I, I, I can use that! Whereas I feel like in Breath of the Wild, there's a lot of times when you're like, wow, I definitely don't need, you know, cryonesis for anything. I'm in the middle of the desert. You know what I mean? That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's big fair. Question, though. does Do the powers from Breath of the Wild make any return? Because I did see a thing where um, uh, somebody was using, like, the Sheikah Slate bombs in Tears of the Kingdom. 
Is so, that like... I don't think so, as far as I'm aware. And again, I'm I I've, uh, I I legitimately did spend a couple hours lost in a cave. So I am uh, I I'm not super duper far in, but I feel like I would have seen them by now. So, but I could be wrong. Probably. I could definitely well, be wrong. Maybe I was just being dumb and thinking it was Tears of the Kingdom because I'm I'm excited for it. Um, and it was really just Breath of the Wild. Uh, the bombs do make a return, just not in that way. Uh, the way the way the bombs work in this game is a little funny, but not the worst. Okay, okay. Um, do you, I mean like, I I mean do we do we want to turn this into a Q and A? If you want, if you have questions, I'll I'll do my best to answer them without spoiling. I was very tempted to make my very first question the most spoilery question ever. Okay, I have one. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, So, like, I I obviously have not... I haven't beaten Breath of the Wild for for just clarity's sake. But I have a question. Compared to Breath of the Wild, how's, like, the exploration? I know, like, the open world stuff was, like, pretty big in Breath of the Wild, like, how does it is it is it bigger is it the same size like how does it translate in Tears of the Kingdom? So uh, all right, uh, again I'm trying to watch what I say here, but Nick already mm-hmm. knows, so I think a lot of people have a general idea about it. Um, take the map from Breath of the Wild and then invert it, and then also there's a bunch of sky islands, and that is now the map. So there's. So, so there's the entire size of the, the the map from Breath of the Wild, and then another Breath of the Wild size map, and then Sky Islands. Um, that's all stuff I believe that was in the trailers. That should be totally cool. Uh, so there's a, plenty to explore. There's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, I think the exploration honestly is better in Tears of the Kingdom so far. So here's another question then: What about the weapon durability? Uh, hmm. so okay. Uh, in the gameplay trailer, they talked about the new powers. Um, and one of them was fusion. Yes. Yeah, they they have shown they've shown off most of the powers in like trailers and gameplay demos, either with content creators or like each as gameplay presentation. Okay. So, uh, you. The weapon durability, still, I won't lie to you, still kind of sucks. But with fusion, you can make it better a little bit. Not gonna lie, the weapon fusion is something that I've always heard like be a major complaint for people in Breath of the Wild. But like for me, I honestly love the idea of like, or not weapon fusion, weapon durability. Um, I just I love breaking shit on enemies' skulls. Like, I've actually, like, emulated kind of the weapon-breaking thing with one of my D&D characters that I play in a friend's campaign. Like, it. I think the issue isn't that weapons have durability, but rather that the durability is just way too low. Like, it breaks way too fast. Everything does. Uh, I will <coughs> say that weapon durability, like, all the weapons being, you know, breakable... Uh, makes more sense in this game. You will see why when you play it. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. Um, 
but well, I keep saying for that. Because you, you're making you're making goofy ass horn weapons and shit with fusion, and they're slapped together with some green gook. Uh, I definitely have smacked a bunch of people in the face with mushrooms. Um, so that was what I saw in like a content. Uh, I think it was Zeltix or somebody else's um, gameplay demo that they got to show off right before release, and like somebody put just like a raw meat onto an arrow and shot an enemy with it, just cause. Yeah, uh, vegans. There's vegans in the game. That's what their major weakness is. Like. Uh, you know, you know, like fire enemies, you know, <laughs> frost. Yeah, that's you, there. You can actually terrorize all of Hatano because Hatano's mushroom vegan people now. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's a there's a cult uh, of mushrooms in, in Hatano Village now. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I I ruined the game. No, um... spoiled it. I'm out. Click. <laughs> and you actually leave the call. And my yeah, I mean. Um, I, I, you know, I, I can tell you that, uh, Sidon is back. I know a lot of people want to know Sidon back, Sidon's back. Yeah, um, dude, you can fight alongside Sidon, bro. Yes, you can. It's exciting. Uh, uh, he's still, he's, he's, he's still, uh, yeah, I know he's a fish person. He's still hot. I mean. I hear there's, I hear there's cat people that my one friend finds incredibly hot. Cat you say people? cat people? I've not seen cats. Yeah, they're like cats, I think. Oh, you mean the Zonai people? They're like dragons. Yeah, sure. Goats, kind they, of. They're kind of like, I don't know, my first thought was like a goat. Well, the first, when I first saw the, the dude in the trailer that we see that's talking to Zelda, he looks dragon. I will die on this hill. Oh, yeah, I no, it's definitely this. it's definitely a cat. However, there are other. I just scrolled up to when they were talking. There about. are other there are other characters that are like part of the Zonai, where they look definitively more goat like, and I will one hundred percent yield that. I just feel like they're a weird combo. Yeah, their their looks are kind of all over the place. Um, I understand why your friend thinks they're kind of hot. Uh. They are. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I prefer this like this girl with the white hair. That I guess was in Breath of the Wild. Is uh oh, is it Paya? Her? Paya, yeah. Oh, yes. oh Paya, Paya's back. That's not. I don't think a spoiler. No, she's all over the internet. Well, um, yeah, because now she's, she's like an adult now, yet. and she's hot. Oh, oh, oh! You're you mean uh, Pura, and uh. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say what's going on. Um, she's gonna die. I do know that in the original Breath of the Wild, she was that anime trope where it was like she looks like a little girl, but she's like a thousand years old kind of thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a little icky. That that was very icky, actually. What were you saying, Nick? She's gonna die of rapidly aging because she did what she did to make herself a child, but fucked it up and. When she was trying to reverse it, bet I don't is that, know. Is that your theory? Yeah, I would bet money on it. A game theory. Okay, well, thank you for joining us today, Tyler. We're gonna have to ask you to leave. What? For copyright no. infringement, of course. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Matt Pat won't sue us because I'll just I'll 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 give him a kiss on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Again, part eighteen. Shout out to Matt. All right. Uh, let's see what what other what other beloved characters return. Uh, Zelda. Zelda Link. Part Two. I love Zelda's designs in Breath of the Wild. By the way. I I think they look great. Fucking love the design of Zelda in uh, Tears of the Kingdom. She looks so cute. Like she's just adorable. I love Zelda. We don't know how much time has passed yeah. since Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Tyler, be wary saying that. Okay. Uh, I I will tell you. Well, no, I, like I'm not saying like sexually. I just mean like she looks like she's like adorable. I, I like if I was saying that she was hot, that's completely different. Okay, but I'm just saying that I think she's adorable. I, like I think she's a very sweet looking person. I'll, I'll be the person that steps on the ledge here and says that Zelda is hot in Tears of the Kingdom. I can, I, if you would like to know how much time has passed, I can tell you. It better uh, have been a year at least. It is. It is more than a year. Oh, okay. It's okay. More than a year. You get a pass then, because Zelda was was seventeen in Breath of the Wild. That I think is like, I don't know if that's totally canon. I think that's that was one hundred percent canon, because she was going they... to the Shrine of Wisdom on her seventeenth birthday, and while she was oh, doing yes. that, right after yes. she failed, Ganon broke. You're right. Technically, you she's like correct. Aang. She's one hundred and seventeen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the same sense, Link is also is 117. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like that 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 he looks good for his age. Yeah, he looks really good for his age. <laughs> um, old timer. He is. I I gotta say, uh, Link is is uh also hot in Tears of the Kingdom. He is. Uh, I honestly love everybody's design in this game. Um, yeah. I will say yeah. I will not say he's hot, but I do love some of uh, Link's outfits that I've seen. For Tears of the Kingdoms, got some nice fits, especially the like toga type outfit that they showed off a lot in the trailers. Love yeah, that. Uh, Looks dope. Uh, uh, I I heard Femboy Link is not a thing anymore. I won't tell you for sure either way, but I will. You know, I will tell you. I was a little sad about it. You That's could all I'm gonna say. you could hear the offense in Tyler's voice when he said that. He's like Femboy Link's yeah. not in the game. Yeah, because it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, come on. Nintendo, like, Link is literally the face, like, the icon of all femboys in anything. Like, he's the poster boy. I feel like it should be for femboys. I, I know it isn't, like, just but it lean should into be it. Cloud. I'm sorry. Um, It should actually be Luigi. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> My topic today was actually about why Luigi should be a femboy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean... LGBT Luigi got Luigi. big titties. Did you ever see the steal his meat or steal his look meme where it's like uh you know like cheap green shirt, cheap overalls, cheap green hat and then like $900 worth of lingerie underneath it but it's Luigi. Yeah. I love also, that. I definitely thought you were about to say steal his meat. Steal and I was like what are you meat? doing to Luigi? Steal Luigi's uh, meat. I'm gonna need. Yeah, cause it sounds like you're about to say steal his meat. Steal his meat. I was like, what did you do to Luigi? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need time off. <laughs> this is this is the episode where Nick quits. I need to leave. Uh, yeah. I I I don't think it'll be a, a spoiler for me to tell you that uh, the the toga thing is is like the, your starting outfit. Where? Uh, yeah. That's that's not you know like I don't think that's too big of a, a deal to say. Uh, 
I really love that. I really love the toga look. I really love Link's got his hair down. I think that's a fucking great design. Um, it, I, I think that it also does a good job of showing, like, time has passed. Maturity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because Link's like, you know, like, I, I won't tell you how much time has passed, but like, well, you know, decent amount of time. Uh, uh, what else? Um, this is on the on the border here, but Riju is back as well. I know a lot of people love Riju. Um, from from the Gerudo region. Oh, yes. the the head expert. What? Oh, that's me. <laughs> what? <laughs> the 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 elder person, the the chief. Reach is a child in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, she's still a chief. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, not elder, like. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, I also said head expert in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you should retract that statement. I think you should have a, a less dirty mind. Well, you're the one who Nick, said I it. I'm the one. Yeah, Nick, they're I the think head we need to have of a long talk the, with our they're the head. <laughs> they're the head of the 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 town, and they are also an expert at Gerudo. They're, they're an expert. When did you say head expert? Wouldn't that imply that they are the either like the leader of all the experts or an expert in being a leader? Yes. Okay. I don't. Well, number one, that's incorrect. Number two, <laughs> uh, I still feel like I, I, I'm going to have to report you to our head of HR, which is also just me, but. I think we need to, to go over some things. <laughs> I think Nick has to have a long I, talk with our editor about that. I think our HR department and our editor need to uh, get their minds out of the gutter so that we can run a safe, clean, family-friendly podcast here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, us, family-friendly podcast. A couple, yeah. epi- a couple episodes I talked about how I wanted to suck Ganondorf's toes. Like, come on. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about fucking Ganondorf for, like, upwards of 40 minutes, like, a couple weeks ago. Family-friendly. Yeah, family-friendly. Family as long as your family is interested in fucking Ganondorf. I don't know a family out there that is. Alright, moving on. I, I got a question how many families you know, Nick. What the fuck? <laughs> I only know okay. this one. The government love bot family. The government love bot family? Okay, well me and my polycule who all want to fuck Anandorf are the only other family that you know that would all want to fuck Anandorf. So that's it. Alright? Those are the only two families I know, bro. I don't know anybody okay. else. I don't know people. Who am I? If this is the episode we find out Nick has dementia. <laughs> it's about to dark, guys. What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Tears of the Kingdom. Does anybody have any questions? This, is the, this, this is the worst review in the world. I'm sorry. This is the best review of the world. I <laughs> no, I mean, it's about. a pretty... No, I mean, I'm learning a whole lot about it. Like, <clears throat> I was curious, like, about, like, things like the weapon durability and stuff like that. But, like, um... Like, those were, like, my main questions, though. Because I've been hearing that, like, a lot of it is just, like... Like, this is just a better Breath of the Wild. Like, this is just Breath of the Wild, but everything works so much better, and there's, like, like new stuff that's just more fun to do. 
Yeah, it definitely does feel like they took the opportunity that was Breath of the Wild. That's my corporate speak for the day. The opportunity that was their last project. Um, they, they, they took Breath of the Wild and they said, what would people want to do if they could change this game? Like, what would you add if you could make changes to this game? And then they just made those changes. Are there it's, dungeons? I, are, yes. Okay. That's yes. All I, I will tell you that the dungeon system uh, is really good. Um, the, I mean, I don't, the bosses are hard. <laughs> I was also not in, I was not anywhere near ready for that boss, but yes, the, the dungeons are good. Bosses are good. Uh, it's good. That's my review. That's my review. Word. Really only other question I'd have I mean, would be about like confirmation of my theory, but that is a heavily spoiler and I don't even want that. So I'm good. So I guess, um, uh, I guess I'll throw in one more question at the end here. So like, how much better is this than Breath of the Wild? <sighs> that is a hard question because that's a very, you know, that, that like that, that's a very personal thing. You know what I mean? Like the, your enjoyment. Of, so yeah. So like, what it what it what? So how much better is it to you? To me, it's like, it's like if you took, if it's all right. If Breath of the Wild was like a fresh baked brownie. This is a scoop of vanilla ice cream on a fresh baked brownie. That's how much better. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you vibing with what I'm saying here? I, I do. I understand. That's that's the best way I can put it. Um, that I yeah, that makes sense to me. No arguments here. All right. I'm I'm glad I could give you I could I'm glad I could give everybody this absolutely perfect review, which there I totally yeah it was a flawless review honestly yeah, like, yes honestly it was probably a more accurate review than IGN could do even if they could spoil uh I'm 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 gonna give this uh four Koroks wearing backpacks out of four and a half Koroks wearing backpacks that's my what is your scale? Um, Why is your scale four and a half stars? It, it goes no no no. It's not four and a half stars. Four and a half Koroks wearing backpacks. It's it's the the max you can get is four and a half Koroks wearing backpacks. Yeah. Why is that the max though? Like, why is your max a half? I cut one of the Koroks. <laughs> I committed war crimes against one of the Koroks, and they didn't live. We have his legs okay. though. <clears throat> okay. The real reason is that I meant to say four and a half. Koroks out of five, but I <laughs> did it backwards. There you go. I'm revealing my secrets. Ah, I am five out of four and a half. Five out of four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh goddamn. <clears throat> no, it might it might even be like four point seven out of five. Like it's it's good. It's real good. This one we this Korok we That's only good. chopped off the head. <laughs> I actually split them right down the middle. <laughs> Like long ways, hot dog style. Well, <laughs> honestly, we split that man hot dog style. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, damn, I prefer splitting them hamburgers personally. <clears throat> well, 
Nice. All right. Tears, Tears of the Kingdom has been a great addition to the Legend of Zelda universe. And while it's not the same type of universe that we're going to be talking about today, I do want to talk about fictional universes and their <laughs> impact on not only fictional works, but people's enjoyments of them. This is somewhat in the vein of like our crossover episode that we had, our, our crossover topic that Tyler had three or four episodes ago. It was a time ago and a place, maybe. But now I want to talk about kind of crossovers within a creator's own universe. Think somewhat like a Marvel Cinematic Universe, where we have all these heroes like the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, or like DC Comics, where you have like Teen Titans, uh, the Justice League, Young Justice, and all of those. Or like uh, Percy Jackson, where we have not only Greek gods trapezing about the mortal world, our world, but we have the Roman gods, which are the same people, yes, kind of. And we also have the Norse and the Egyptian and however many more. Really just the whole act of creating a fictional universe more than just a fictional world is kind of fascinating to me. I want to ask you guys opinions on just kind of like the idea of tying in all of your works to each other and creating this kind of more broad universe than just the world in which one work, particular work inhabits. Okay, so one thing that I want to talk about when it comes to like these universes is I want to put to bed like this Twitter joke that has been like bothering me for so long, and it's the gulp shitto joke. Do either of you know the gulp shitto joke? I've never heard of the gulp shitto so, joke. So this is like this is like a joke with Star Wars, where Star Wars will reveal a character, and everybody will be like, "Oh my god, it's that character!" And everybody on the internet will make fun of being like, "Wow, you guys are really just excited over some random character like gulp shitto," <laughs> and like they're like saying that it's like it's ridiculous how Star Wars fans get so excited over like random characters or whatever that like nobody in their nobody outside of like liking star wars would understand or whatever and they make it seem like this is a star wars thing but this is like literally anything like this isn't just like like if i said oh my god um detective goran is back on law and order that's a gulp shit out you don't know who that is like you don't know who that Boy, is of the government so why is, who that is. It, well, yeah well obviously they do but like but, like, people who haven't watched the show, they don't know who that is. So is that a gulp shitto? By that logic, literally any time you bring up any character from any franchise ever, it's a gulp shitto. That doesn't make any sense. I think part of it probably just comes from, like, the little bit of a stigma Star Wars has gotten recently with, like, the sequel trilogy and all that. Because, like, if you think about it, that's the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the comics and DC Comics and Cinematic Universe. But, like, it's all just gulp shittos. You're there with Spider-Man <laughs> and then fucking Tony Stark and Iron Man rolls up. And it's like, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Any movie that crosses over with, like, other movies, it's, it's you're automatically just going to gulp shitto it. So, like, in a way, yes. But partially... Like, it's not even... A, like, that's why I don't understand why people use it as an insult. Because it's like... It happens no matter what. It doesn't matter what you like. You you are going to like the gulp shit out. You are going to get gulp shit out. It's really just one of those hypocrite type things that, like, where everybody is wrong. 
some point or some time is a hypocrite. But, like, some people really double down on it with, like, fictional and media works where they're, like, fucking with... Example is, like, the Breath of the Wild um, DLC argument for Tears of the Kingdom because it used the same map. But then God of War, the newer ones, and God of War Ragnarok did the same exact thing, but everybody lost their shit about how great it was. And now, you know, the mindset kind of changes now that uh, Tears of the Kingdom's actually out, but it was still a thing that, like, even if they didn't realize it, they were shitting on another game more because of their bias than because of what they're actually complaining about. Because they love that thing they're complaining about, just done for a different thing. Um, really quick, I just want to say my favorite Gulp Shido character, <laughs> uh, specifically from Star Wars, is the Salacious Crumb. Uh, oh, the little monkey guy, right? Yeah, he's he's like the little guy in Jabba's Palace. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, the little little monkey guy. I just love the fact that his name is the Salacious Crumb. If you don't know what the word salacious means, Google that, and then Google the Salacious Crumb. <laughs> I'm telling now you. You're gonna make me do this. Here. Salacious. Inappropriate. <laughs> just. <to say. laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I knew what he looked like when googling the the word, like, and then googling him again is so good. Like, why would you do that? Why? What was? I mean, listen. If that's what he's into, that's what he's into. George Lucas was like, "Who's this salacious character? Like, what the fuck?" Who's my next salacious character? Uh, I mean, he does sit. He does sit in Jabba's palace and watch like Jabba's slave dancers. I mean, yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> like look at this. I love this T-shirt. There's a T-shirt you can get that's just him with his hand, with his like arm on it, like he's doing like the hand on the hip thing. And it's a salacious crumb. Well, imagine wearing that shirt in public. Like, how do you explain that to anybody? What is you that? I'll wear that, I'll wear that shirt. <laughs> you buy me that shirt? I'll wear it. I will. I'll do it. Salacious crumb. Salacious crumb. Um, while we're while we're on the uh, I already forget the something Golpo. Oh, uh, Golpshito. Golpshito. Um. The the thing that really made me think about this was kind of uh, a much smaller fictional universe that I absolutely adore and I've talked about before, um, where there is kind of a gulp shido in a way between two book series that both are just love and I've recently reread uh, the Beyonders. I gushed about it a couple weeks ago from the time of this recording, not the time of this posting. Um, and in there, there are these creatures called Torivores that, um, the, both of these stories are kind of like isekai before isekai really popped up in, like, Eastern culture and anime and whatnot. Um, but there's, like, there's other worlds other than Earth and what we're seeing in the story, and there are these beings called Torivores that appear from, like, a dreamlike world. And in one book, they're these very intimidating, extremely proficient in combat, dark shadows made physical. And in another story, they they show up, and it's far less of them. But and I'm not gonna spoil like what their involvement is because I recommend reading the the Beyonders by Brandon Mole or Five Kingdoms by Brandon Mole or better yet both. Um, but they they show up, Torvor show up in Five Kingdoms, 
they're these like incredibly powerful beings that had to be locked up because chaos. And it's just I every time I see it, I absolutely adore it. And there's another crossover between those two book series later on in the Five Kingdoms series. And I love that one a, just a little bit more, but it's not as noteworthy to me. Because it's just like, I want to know more about these Torovors and almost like these fictional works and stories that this man Brandon Mole is creating is almost as as looking at o overarching, less so about each of these individual characters. And it's more like the story of Torovors just trying to escape the mundanity of being eternal and the same as everybody else, like the glob from Fairly Odd Parents. I love it. Sorry, I went on a rant there. Uh, Nick, I think it's just I think it's really impressive that you have read every fantasy book ever written. I feel like like you you you've always got more fantasy books. I have in there. more to talk about. I haven't talked about. Well, I've talked about a bit about, like, the Riordan verse, and I want to talk about it some here, but, like, I haven't even broken down into the fact that I was predominantly a Percy Jackson kid. Um, by the way, uh, to, 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 to bring it back to a thing that we said to each other a long time ago, who wrote the Percy Jackson books? I don't know that. I don't know who wrote them. Rick Riordan. Oh, it was Riordan. Yeah, Riordan. yeah. Okay. That's okay. Why it's, that's why, like, Percy Jackson, um, the the Kane Chronicles, <clears throat> the, what is it called? The Magnus Case something? Oh, the Magnus Case and God's Bad Star. Trials of Apollo, all of them are, like, part of the overarching Riordan verse, which was just kind of, like, slowly started up with, like, Percy Jackson and then um, I think while he was writing Percy Jackson, he started writing the Red Pyramid book, which was part of the King Chronicles and the Egyptian mythology. But in there is not exactly a gulp shitto, but there's like a kind of like minor cameo of what I personally think is Percy himself that kind of shows up in the very far distance and barely mentioned in King Chronicles. It was just it just slowly just started building up to like. Oh yeah, our world just has all the gods. Why? Why wouldn't it? Yeah, that tracks. Um, sorry, just the, just dropping gold shit out. Gold shit out. Just dropping that in the middle of like heavy, heavy verse lore. Like, like serious um, discussions, just being like, not exactly gold shit out, but. Yeah, not exactly gulp shit out, but uh, you know, here's my gulp shit out. Um, no, uh, I was you know, you know what I want to say um, is uh, in, in terms of like book series that have like little crossovers and stuff like that, and even some like uh, you know, it has its gulp shit out moments. Uh, the S.E. Hinton books, uh, The Outsiders, that was then, this is now, uh, Tex. I read most of Rumblefish before I. Uh, before summer vacation, and I had to return it back to the school library. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of crossovers there. Uh, and I really actually liked the way that she did those. I don't love crossovers usually, but she's a really good author. Like, deserves more credit than she gets. So, um, one other one that I'll mention, just because it popped into my mind, I don't want to forget it, um, the Giver books. I don't know 
the a lot of the names of the other books are uh, being honest any of them by i think it was lois lowry um but the like most of the books that she writes are within the same universe as the giver either either at the same time or like in the same kind of era that we see the giver or shortly after or before <clears throat> and that's something that i find really fascinating but i didn't know that yeah it's i oh something blue something blue i know is like directly connected to the giver but not like in the most direct thing possible where all the characters show up and it's like all right you're in the town that the giver took place in it's just like same universe i think a few communities over or some shit but um since I know you don't like crossovers, we discussed that last time we did our crossover topic. How do you personally feel about fictional universes that begin to spiral, not out of control, but like into this ginormous web of characters and happenings and creatures and events that in some way can be tied into each other in just about every aspect? Okay. All right. So here's my, here's my opinion. And I, you know. I understand that there's some nuance here. I'm not going to come up to me and be like, all crossovers and big universes are bad, because I don't think that's true. Uh, I just, my thing is, I feel like if you're building a universe, and the, the, the things in these universes happen to be connected, that's one thing. But if you are like, if you've got separate stories that could not possibly take place in the same universe, and you're like, oh, also, they're the same play. They're the same thing. It's just you gotta, like, look through the time portal or whatever. I think that's stupid. Like, I don't like the, the fan theory that the Elder Scrolls and the Fallout games take place in the same universe. That's stupid. I get you. I get you. Like, it doesn't It doesn't work. That doesn't make sense. I mean, like, oh, well, they invented space travel and they traveled to a di- Like, there's magic in the Elder Scrolls. Like, like, like you can't... Technically, there's magic in Fallout too, but it's different. It's it's they're very different universes. They happen to just both be owned by Bethesda, and I think any kind of any kind of you know that's just an example. But any kind of universe where you like have to build the frame of the universe around two properties, and you end up making like super big broad claims and trying to like squeeze them together in weird ways. I don't think that's good. I don't think that's good for your work. I don't think that's good for you know your your you know your 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 future work um i think you kind of undercut yourself there uh and i don't think dimensional travel in the marvel universe was a good idea and that is my that's my honest opinion that that goes so all right i i i'm not trying i'm not going to tell you your opinion wrong i'm just trying to nail down like where exactly do you mean because i'm pretty sure dimensional travel and things like that have like been like a big staple of marvel and dc universes partially how they get away with like just being able to go all right we're done with what we've been doing yeah, we're wait, gonna remake mean... we're gonna restart this or do you wait, mean like the way it's do you done mean... in a marvel cinematic universe how we see in like these the the movies that have been coming out a lot lately so, all right. So, uh, Tyler, was there a question you wanted to ask too, or? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you mean time the timeline stuff, or do you mean their multiverse stuff? Okay, I, I guess I should. I guess I should say that I mean like the, a lot of their multiverse stuff. I honestly, you know, like it, it has been a big part of Marvel comics and DC comics. 
and I, it's it's getting to be you know a very big part of the MCU. I just don't think it's it's very good because yeah, you're like the the benefit of that is being like okay, we're done with this thing over here. Now we're gonna go do this thing, and you can have the characters and like set you can set your sandbox up. You can set your sandbox up however you want. You can play with your toys however you want, and like cool, very good, awesome. Except now you set yourself up for like okay, Scarlet Witch had her arc in 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 these these past few movies now you can just pull this is a different scarlet witch who's exactly the same except you know she's got a weird little scar on her right hand but she's a different character who's exactly the same you know what i mean like i guess i can't i guess that's fair i I get what you mean so how do you feel about into the spider i was gonna say honestly uh, my biggest one that like i personally really like just because i like the different iterations of them but, like, I, I like kind of, like, the Into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Verse stuff where we have, like, Miles and Peter and Gwen and so many other Spider-Men. What, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. All right. I love the... I love Into the... I love uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I'm really <coughs> excited for uh, the newest Spider-Verse movie. Um, and I struggled with these two opposing thoughts for a little while. Uh, because, you like, I... On one hand, I'm like, oh, but like that undercuts. But at the same time, it's because every Spider person is different. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's Peter Parker and then there's Peter B. Parker, but their lives are extremely different. You know, like one is like successful and has things some things going for him. The other is is not successful and his his life is falling apart. You oh, know what I mean? Okay, I see what you mean. Did, would it be correct to say that you more dislike? these type of multiversal things when it's not more about like rebooting the character like the hero like spider-man in general but more about just bringing back the same character slightly different like do you so all right so like i feel like broad strokes better than uh small minute ones for these types of things here's a good example when multiverse of madness came out dr strange multiverse madness came out there was a running meme it was uh, Peter Parker when he meets his, uh, you know, multiverse duplicates or whatever. And it was all the different Peter Parkers, you know, Tobey Maguire, uh, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. Like, you know, they're all different. They each play Spider-Man a little bit different. And then it's like uh, Doctor Strange when he meets his multiverse duplicates or whatever. And it's just him with like, you know, it's, it's like him with a goatee. Now he's got long hair. Now he, you know, does this. Now he does, you know, like, and, and I think that's the big difference here is that maybe it's just a Spider-Man thing. Maybe it's it's because in uh this, you know, the Spider-Verse movies, they really play it up. And every diff- every Spider-Person feels like a different Spider-Person. You know what I mean? They each feel like different characters. But I feel like the, 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 that's a really good example. Because Doctor Strange was pretty much exactly the same in all of those universes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just like, oh, this one's a little more evil. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's fair. Oh, like, uh, another good example, just so we're not, like, just being like, oh, it may just be a Spider-Man thing. But, like, other other ones that we can point to are, like, uh, the it's a different universe, but, like, the, the different Batmans or the different Supermans. Now, like, there are some Supermans that are just Superman, but he's unstable. And, like, that can be boring. But there's also some, like, wildly unique supermans and batmans that are like this batman isn't even bruce this is fucking tom his dad because bruce died and Mm. 
I, I feel like those can be be really interesting for me personally, at least. Well, you know, and Tyler, you're you're gonna like this example. It's it's a bit like, uh, I like the different Robins. Like every Robin was different, right? And if they had stretched that out and showed like Robin from different dimensions and shit like that, I bet you every one of those Robins would be different too. And that is where the charm of multiverse stuff can come into play. But when it's like this superman and this superman are exactly the same except this superman's s isn't an s it's a w like yeah yeah i I get you um i know we're on topic of like uh fictional universes but you brought it up i must know what you guys favorite robin is tyler do you want to go first oh yeah it's dick grayson all right like dick grayson i think is just like for one, he's the strongest Robin. He could beat all of them. Ooh. If are we he's talking about like Robin? as no, Robin, like yeah, no. Oh, oh, I mean, just in jet, like Dick Grayson could easily beat all the other Robins at this point. Like he's the closest. There's a reason why he's literally the guy who takes over as Batman every time that Bruce is out of action. Well, for some I would he's say the one that makes the most sense, and he's the one that's the adult. Like Batman has literally said that like Dick Grayson is literally good ending Bruce Wayne. Like, like Batman's pretty much like stated that like he's just give that. Dick Grayson is good ending Bruce Wayne. All right, now I... um, but I think that Dick Grayson is just a... Uh, he demonstrates the best balance between, like, detective work um, and, like, being that, like, imposing figure while also not being, like, way too overly violent and intense like a Jason Todd or a uh, Damian Wayne. Um, and then in terms of, like, Tim Drake is probably smarter than Dick Grayson but Dick Grayson can think on his feet faster than Tim Drake does. Uh, Tim Drake's actually my favorite Robin. Uh, Tim Drake's great. I, I've liked Tim Drake for uh, a couple years now. He was my favorite Robin when I started getting into comics. Because he was like the detective. And I thought detective stories were the fucking best. I still think. I still love That's how he stories. got to be Robin. Is because he deciphered um, he figured out who Batman's Bruce identity. Wayne. Yeah, he figured out he was Bruce Wayne. That's I yeah. thought was fucking awesome. And then... You know, which is like the second best way to become Robin outside of uh, Jason Todd's way, which is trying to steal the tires off the Batmobile. Yeah. Jason Todd's my second favorite Robin. Um, I just love the fact that he tried to jack the tires off the Batmobile. That's hilarious. My, like, who are you going to sell those to? Those tires are going to fit on somebody's fucking sedan. <laughs> um, my personal favorite is Damian Wayne. And I would argue that... Whoa. I would argue... Now, I know he's a little shit. That's part of why I like him, because it's it's just, man, you're such a fucking dick. It is funny for me. But also, like, he's such a badass, because he literally, like, by the time he was able to walk, he was training with the League of Assassins, and then he was getting Batman training when he became Robin. And I would argue that if everybody was, uh, like, Robin, at, like, the height of their Robin career, that Damian Wayne, just in, like, fucking knockout, dragout brawl, would be the one to win. But also, I just love the, the Damian Wayne, uh, Robin Batman movies. Like, Batman v. Robin. Slaps. See, I don't think he... I don't... I don't think he would be the one to win. Not because he doesn't have the ability to, because he's definitely the best all-around fighter. Like, because he's... Like you said, he was trained by the League of Assassins. We know he can beat Tim Drake in a fight. Like, that's the one and thing we, we know. And we know he can give... A, because we've seen that. And we know he could give... Uh, Dick Grayson, not he can't give him like an equal fight, but he can give him a good fight and fuck him up. Yeah, he can give him a good fight. Like, well, but the thing Dick that Grayson's holds Damian adult. Wayne back, the 
the thing that stops Damian Wayne from being able to win like a a Robin fight is that he's too immature. He's too quick to angry to anger. It's the same thing that hurts Jason Todd, only Jason Todd uh is like the way they handle their anger is different. I guess that is that is big fair and I'll accept that. My only point of That's his like biggest Robin weakness. Yeah, yeah. My my only thing for for that would be uh have you seen the like uh Teen Titans movies where Damien is in charge of the Titans? No. I I would say definitely check them out. One, those movies are very interesting. Dude literally has to take the Teen Titans and fight the Justice League and win. But it's like I think Damien Wayne's growth from just being a little shit to also being a competent leader for me is one of like it's almost like the in my mind for just me might not be agreed with everybody, but it's almost like the Zuko arc. It's not as well done, but it's interesting to see like this not good person kind of learn the way of like growing up and being better and being being a leader and understanding what that means. I like that a lot. Nick, it sounds like you really like redemption arcs. Redemption vibe. Redemption arcs that are deserved slap hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting here. Like um, now if you told me that Azula was getting a redemption arc I would probably rampage, throw a little temper tantrum, kick and scream oh, yeah. on the floor. Because she doesn't deserve it. No, not at all. Like, in, in her character, great because of that. But, like, yeah, Redemption Arcs can be just so good. They move my heart when I see, like, somebody <coughs> learning and starting to walk the right path. Even if they have to carry the weight of what they've done previously with them. They, they're going to a better place. Could you imagine if real life had Redemption Arcs like that? <laughs> We're too we're too vindictive to allow redemption arcs. We're like, yo, you fucked up, eat ass, bro. Don't even talk to me. Like imagine like like imagine right in real life, like Mussolini has to go on a redemption <laughs> arc. Like what? Wouldn't happen. Can't happen. Not allowed. Can we have a we have a training montage with Mussolini? We get Adolf Hitler's son. I don't think he had one, maybe he did. But we no, have him go through no, the redemption arc. He has to go through redemption arc, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see Stalin go through his redemption arc. I'm sure, you know, when he goes to the gulag and, and announces everybody can go free, it'll be a heartwarming moment. No, no, what will yeah. happen, he'll still have to everybody go to the gulag cheer. and fight And out. then, like, as everybody's escaping the gulag, he's got to hold off the guard. As his redemption arc so comes gulags, full circle. Yes, he, he dies and he has to go and fight his way free so that he'll have the chance at redemption. And then when he wins and survives... And is now living again. He's like, man, that gulag thing is really fucked up. I shouldn't have that anymore. Let's close that down. <laughs> I didn't like that experience. Stalin, famously quick to compassion and understanding. Yes, totally. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. He seemed like a very understanding guy. <laughs> he'll, he'll be like, ooh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have done that. The gulag doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> that was a bad My experience. My bad, guys. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's just Bradley <laughs> Mulligan sorry, dressed guys. as Stalin. I would pay. I'd pay to see that, like Death of Stalin, but with Brendan Lee Mulligan. Yeah, it's like the D had me watch a Brendan Lee Mulligan skit of him being the Civil War ghost come back from the grave, and I I need more things like that where it's just an obviously bad dude, but knows it and wants to be better. 
Okay, all right. I'm I'm gonna send you another skit then <laughs> that I think you'll love. That's fun. um. But let's get slightly back on topic before we wind down from this broad universe expanding brain matter. Yep, those are words that should be used in. Wait, are we done with this topic? Because if so, I want to mention one more fictional universe. We're we're gonna be starting to wind down, so now is definitely the time to do it. All right. So I was gonna mention this one earlier when you were talking about books, but then like you guys just kept going on. I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but no, you're fine because I I was looking up stuff about it anyway because I was trying to find the the chart. There's a chart online that shows you how all of Stephen King's books are are connected. Ooh. <clears throat> That's interesting. Me, um. But all of Stephen King's books are connected, like, through little Easter eggs in each of the books. And I think it's just really fascinating, like, how they connect all of them. Like, for instance, in a couple books, uh, I can't remember, I think it's Dreamcatcher is the one that I read it was. Uh, There's a part in the book where they describe how on a sewer grate, somebody spray-painted Pennywise lives. Um, And in a different one, there's a plaque in Maine for the Losers Club. Uh. Dick Halloran, the guy from The Shining, if you remember, he's the he's the black guy who works at the hotel and he like tells Danny about The Shining. Um, he saved one of the Losers Club's uh characters' dads. Like oh. he saved their their dad from a fire before their their son was born and the son would become like a member of like the Losers Club or whatever. Oh shit. Um there's a couple char- there's a couple characters who have uh, worked with Andy Dufresne, which Andy Dufresne is notably uh the one of the main characters of the Shawshank Redemption, and he was like a financial work, like he did some sort of like financial like, uh stock broking work, and like some of his clients are characters in other stories that Stephen King's have wrote. Stephen King has wrote, uh, has written. Excuse me, but yeah, I just think that's a. That's a that's a network of web. That's like I I honestly enjoy like those kind of little make sense kind of cameos that are like, all right, so this is all happening in like the same type of world or universe, and some things do connect to each other, but it feels natural and not like overplayed. And I like I yeah, continue my bad. No, I was just saying that that's that's the kind of like crossover stuff that I, I get down with. Like, it, it needs to feel like a natural occurrence. It can't be like, you know, like, it, it can't feel like I can see the hand of the author pushing the stories <laughs> together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though, in some of, some of those cases, they leave me wanting a whole lot more, like the Torvors in uh, the Brandon Mole universe, however you want to phrase it. But it's like, I just, I, I like those, because it, it feels really natural. And, like, there's some that, like, as I'm reading through a book that I know is technically connected to other books or stories, I find myself watching out for, like, parts where a crossover or, like, a connection could realistically be made. Light spoilers for End of Five Kingdoms. I'm not going to try to go too ham in it, into it, because even though it's technically a kid's book, recommend reading it. It's fucking phenomenal. It's amazing. Read it. Now after this podcast episode. But, like, towards the end, there's, um, like, a character. They're, they're in college, and they're talking with somebody else from the story. And from another book, one of the people made it back to, like, real world. And they, they're, they like, of college age at that point, and 
I'm just like sitting here reading through the at the end of this book. I'm like, show up, damn you! I want it. Do it now, please. Just a, a quick little mention. Just, just like this, a description of this person just walking by or something. It's fine. Do it. But no, it doesn't. doesn't things like that don't happen. They don't happen when you want it to happen. Did, does Nick Fury show up at the end instead? Yeah, and yeah. He, he tries to talk to them about the Avengers Initiative. Yeah, he is like, we we found dun, out you dun, were you were you gone to other worlds. Now we're going to indoctrinate you into the Avengers because skills. My favorite meme, uh, uh, like that has to do with like the Avengers, like stingers at the end of the, at the end of movies, like the end credit scene. My favorite is this meme where it's like. Marvel fans getting mad that the World War One documentary doesn't have an after credit scene teasing Hitler, <laughs> and I just I always that always cracks me up. <laughs> it's great, but I guess to wrap up this fun delightful topic, I'm just gonna say that fictional universes have a lot to offer the readers and viewers, people interacting with the stories. They have ways to really give that stoke of serotonin when you see, like, that reference or that character or that event talked about within another story that those things didn't really take place in. There's something that could definitely be lost, like D said, where there, there's some things try to really cram each other, cram themselves together. Now, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be bad, i.e. Timmy Jimmy Power Hour. Fairly Odd Parents and Timmy and Jimmy Neutron take place in the same universe, and it's very kind of like, all right, portal over. But that that ends up being enjoyable. Just it, you really gotta the art of crossovers and universing your tales and works is a difficult one. It's a slippery slope. By the way, uh, to the people who write Batman. Uh, give Tim Drake's after Robin superhero a better name. Red Robin is a terrible name. Figure it out. It's Red Hood. And he wears a red mask. That's, no, that's Jason Todd. Oh, my bad. I'm dumb then. (laughs) No, it's alright. Yeah, uh, Red Red Robin's bad. Figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out, guys. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's the note we should end that part on. (laughs) Well, fictional universes, folks. I guess now is a great time, better than any before, that we're going to start trying to work in breaks. So, I think now we're going to go on a break, go to the bathroom, get some more water, things like that. And in just a moment here, you'll hear something. Now, a word from our sponsors. (sighs) I've I've been trying to get back into shape. But it's so hard. I don't know anything about fitness. Fitness? <laughs> I'm working on fitness whole burger in my mouth. What about a trainer or coach? Straight Ahead Fitness helps people like you get past the Straight Ahead? <laughs> Let's go straight ahead to Border Town. <sighs> oh, oh man, that, that'd be great. I don't think I could take much more misinformation. How am I supposed to eat two carton of eggs? And three chickens a day. That's the best part. With one-on-one consultation and support, you don't have to worry about some random blogger telling you to eat egg. Just direct consultation with your coach, Spencer. Oh, 
Oh, really? How, how, how awesome! Where do I find this straight-ahead fit? Well, it's not a burger town. That's right, it's not. Find Straight Ahead Fitness by following them on Instagram and joining their Facebook group. Get help by filling out their Typeform survey. Get fitness today. Hey there, folks. Here on Government Lovebot, we talk a lot about Dungeons and & Dragons and games. And I'm here to tell you that I, Nick, make things for Dungeons & Dragons. It's wild, right? I don't know, maybe. Um, but... Over on DMsGuild.com, I have recently begun the process of producing and publishing my own kind of products there. Right now I have two out, which one is an Arcana Flare, a creature stat block made from an altar, made from a Mind Flare Arcanist altered for the fits of a story that I'm working on. The other is Cold of Arcana, further fleshing out the kind of state of a world that has been visited by Polis Arcanum, the whole central plot point of my works. In the upcoming weeks and months, there will be more things such as Accursed Items, which will be items that you can bestow upon your players, may or may not be truly cursed. Uh, and I'm hoping that all of it will lead up to an adventure module. I don't have a name for it yet, but I'm telling you about it now because I'm I'm working on it. So, other than that, you can, you can find me over on Twitter at jackstacks12 for kind of updates and postings about not only the things that I'm doing over on DMs Guild, but the things we're doing here at Government Lovebot share a lot of our works. At the same time, I recommend you, while on Twitter there, while you're already typing away at that search bar, look up Government Lovebot. We have an official Twitter, we post updates there, and hopefully soon we will have like memes or some random things or like clips from the podcast that are there to hopefully encourage interaction. So that was really all that I have to talk to you guys about. Uh, thank you, and hopefully I'll see you over there. Oh, yeah. Tim Drake, if he's going to be Rob, instead of being Red Robin, he should be Cardinal. Keeps the red theme and the bird theme. It works. Okay. I feel and like you need to add something to that, though, because just Cardinal, like, I feel like is, is a little... Cardinal man. Well, like, why, though? Like, Robin is just Robin. Yeah, but I mean, like, Robin is... And then there's Bluebird. Bluebird is just Bluebird. Robin but then there's is, also you know, the Blue Beetle. I don't True. know. Something about Cardinal is just, like, something about it. All right, I got it. How about Arizona Cardinal? <laughs> the Arizona Cardinal. The Crimson Chin. The, Wait, shit, that's already taken. Be the Arizona Coyote, because they won't be a professional team much longer. <laughs> is Coyote. that copyright available? Can, can we, at Government Lovebot take the copyright for the uh coyotes i <laughs> we're I, never gonna use it i just want to have it because it'd be funny uh <laughs> i i do think they're gonna probably try to keep that uh could you imagine they'll, like, they'll try schmucks from like don't live anywhere close to arizona we just own the the copyright they'll, fu they'll fucking try to keep it we'll buy them out easy don't worry the oh, arizona yeah, cardinals ain't gonna ain't gonna keep yeah. it well Bro, as long as we have one dollar, we probably have more money than that organization, considering how much money they've been losing. Uh, <laughs> They're probably so far in the red, we could probably outbid them. <laughs> I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but uh, the NHL has revenue share, so Fuck. they are actually doing just as well as every other NHL team. <laughs> God damn it. But Communism strikes again. 
<laughs> With that, welcome back, folks, to Government Lovebot. We're already here, somehow sliding from media to sports, but it's perfect, because Tyler's got some interesting, interesting, juicy, meaty sports stuff for us to talk about. Take it away, our friend. Meaty is right. All right. Yeah, hello, my, my lads. Hello, my, my boyos. Me boyos. Hello, Hang dad. On one second here. Let me just, uh, let's see should be sharing my screen here. You guys can see my screen. Let's take okay, a look. Yeah. Oh, don't look at that yet. All oh right. yeah, this is this is another thing that <laughs> we're gonna try to incorporate into like our social media and stuff. Try to. Yep, is uh visual aids, which uh, I'm I'm working on getting visual aids from everybody so that we can put them on the what's it called the, the Twitter. Twitter. Also trying to make like little right, so... little video clips from from. Okay, so I'm video. gonna press present on this uh this thing here. I need you to tell me if you see it go into present mode. Yes. Yes. You did. I just heard a weird noise. What the fuck was that? I also heard a little bit of a weird noise. You probably heard my downstairs door opening and closing. Oh. <laughs> no, it sounded like something shut off. Like a... But yeah, but nothing did. It was the, the door didn't close before the screen door swung shut. Okay. Uh, um. So you see it in in present mode then? Yeah. Yes. All right. Awesome. Who is okay. Marks, and so, why are you telling them to piss off? I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I am a big professional wrestling fan, and I feel like the only time I've talked about wrestling here was negative. So I wanted to be positive and count down my top ten current best wrestlers. Uh, a Mark, by the way, is a term for a wrestling fan. Who basically just acts like a jackass? They call him Marks. Oh, I um, thought you were talking to Carl Marks. Uh, no, Marks. no, no, that has an X in it. This oh, is KS. So, so Internet Marks. This is my opinion. So you can fuck off. Uh, so here I made some rules too. One, I cannot include any wrestler who would be readily readily who would be readily known by the majority of people. If my mom can pick them out of a crowd, they should not be on this list. Um. So that's why people like Randy Orton aren't on here. Rey Mysterio isn't on here. Chris Jericho is on here. Um, because everybody knows who they are. Wait, so it's not really spotlighting a new wrestler if I do that. And what I'm trying to do is give a spotlight to other wrestlers uh, who are around much more often. Uh, Edge is another one who uh, is not on this list. All right, you ready? Go for I'm, it. I'm ready. Take us away. All right, let's start with, number, start with number 10. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. So I cheated. Uh, for number 10, and I put Gargano and Ciampa on here. Uh, these two were a tag team called DIY in NXT, and they're just incredible. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is, like, one of the best heels in professional wrestling right now. Uh, he's just, he's got the right intensity, and he cuts really good promos. Um, and uh, his bit, the biggest reason why he's so low on the list is right now he's hurt. Um, he, I believe, injured his shoulder recently. So he's out of action for a little while. Um, and then that's his partner over there, Johnny Gargano. He is my boy, my boy, Johnny Gargano. I love him so much. Um, even though he's a Browns fan, I still I still respect and love him. <laughs> um, Johnny Gargano is genuinely, in my opinion, the best uh, like face, which is like a good guy. He's the best face in the business by like a long shot. He just has this great underdog everyman vibe to him. Um, and I just love watching him work. I think he's so good in the ring. And I think that 
He's an incredibly underrated talent. A lot of people shit on him. Uh, they call him Johnny Same Face because they say he looks like everybody else. But that's complete horseshit because, like, a lot of people look like everybody else. Like, a person later in this list also looks like everybody else, but he doesn't get that same criticism. So, whatever. Um, but, yeah, these two, hopefully they become a tag team again soon. There's been rumors that they might. So, hopefully they do because I think that's a good way to make both of them uh, incredibly popular again. Now that they're not in NXT and they're on the main roster. Can I can I say something really quick? Go for it. I like their uh, is that like their their banner their their logo on their shirt there. Yep. Yeah, I dig that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So the heart with the one winking eye is Johnny Gargano's logo, and then Tommaso Ciampa has that like weird stripe pattern logo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have two pretty great nicknames. Johnny Gargano is called Johnny Wrestling, and Tommaso Ciampa is called the Psycho Killer. So <laughs> those are very different names. What the fuck? They are. Well, I mean, these two were like we're just kind of paired together out of the blue. They just so happen to click. It's kind of amazing how it works. Uh, how wrestling is funny that way. All right, so that's Gargano and Ciampa. Uh, it's pretty simple. I love them so much. I couldn't leave them off this list. Uh, even though that right now Johnny Gargano is kind of in like a limbo state and Tommaso Ciampa's hurt, so you know, kind of going for me. So let's go to number nine, Asuka. Asuka is uh one of I believe two female wrestlers on this list. Um, she just recently brought back the face paint look, uh, which is one that she used in Japan, and she is just fucking awesome. Uh, she has that kind of attribute that a lot of Japanese wrestlers have where her style is focused primarily on striking and submissions. Um, and as such, uh, it helps her stand out in a women's division that like has a lot of women. Like you see the one with the blue hair that she's like, uh, making a face at that's Zelina Vega. Like Zelina Vega is like a smaller girl who like does a lot of like acro, like a lot of, uh, flips and stuff like that. And that's like a majority of the of like the women's division. So being a striker and a submission specialist kind of helps Asuka stand out. Now, if you notice on the left over here, that is Asuka's uh, thing that she does that is uh, a pretty popular, like, is a thing that was made famous by a Japanese wrestler called the Great Muda. And it's the mist. It's a poison mist that you spray and it blinds your opponents. Uh, that's her hitting Dominic Mysterio with the mist. Um... Uh, and that's just a cool thing. I think the mist is a cool gimmick, and I like that uh, somebody is using it in a more significant capacity. Because the last time somebody big used it in WWE was Tajiri, and Tajiri was basically just a jobber. Um, so like he didn't really get to like he didn't get to use it in like high profile programs like Asuka does. Um, I just like Asuka. This is the great. this is the mist from our zombie apocalypse topic, where it turns exactly. people into. Sambo. She's also a gay. She also used to be a gaming journalist. Interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. Asuka's a very strange uh, individual, like outside of the ring. Uh, she's kind of got that like quirky energy to her. I respect it. But yeah, Asuka's on this list. I've always loved Asuka. Um, right now, she's actually in a program against Bianca Belair for the title. Uh, spoiler alert: Bianca Belair is not on this list. Uh, I just couldn't fit her. I had so many people I wanted to fit on this list. Bianca Belair had to get cut off. I'm sorry. So, um, so yeah, Oscar. So now we're gonna move on to number eight. Seth Rollins. 
the king of drip himself with his big red boots over there. You see those big red boots? I was just saying, what the fuck is up uh, with those? What's what are those boots? Those what those are uh those are boots. Um, those are his boots. I don't know. They were a meme for like a solid week, and he wore them out there. Um, so Seth Rollins is uh a generational talent. He's the closest thing we have to Shawn Michaels in the current age. Uh, as you can see in the top corner, him curb stomping the fuck out of Dolph Ziggler. Um. So. Seth Rollins is just an incredible talent. Like, he's just good all around. And his character right now is, like, this weird, like... It's hard to even describe. Like, he just has this really, like, strange gremlin energy as, like, his thing. Like, he has this, like, very, like, strange laugh. That he, like, he's like, ha <laughs> It's like this funny, strange laugh. Kinda and he always me... comes out <laughs> in these ridiculous... What? Kind of reminds me of Willem Dafoe. I cannot see it now. He, he does. He's very much like William Defoe, and he always comes out in these very like strange outfits, like you see with the boots or his jacket and this uh, render I have here of him. Um, he is a uh, very much. He's just. I mean, like he's just great. Like I had to add him to this list because he's so good right now. He has a good, great theme right now. Um, the best wrestling themes are for good guys are ones where the crowd can sing along, and his is very notable for its sing along to like the chorus of his song it's a uh, great seth rollins is fantastic and i like watching him wrestle he's one of those guys who he doesn't need to be a champion to be the most popular guy in the show and that's like the hallmark of a great of a like a great wrestler um and i don't i don't think anybody uh does it quite like seth he's my favorite member of the shield now because i've kind of fallen out of love with uh dean ambrose because i don't like anything he's done in ww or in AEW now that he's john moxley so Seth Rollins has just like shot up from being my least favorite shield member to my favorite, which is just kind of wild how that works. Um, so yeah, that's Seth Rollins. Uh, his wife, Becky Lynch did not make this list as well. Everybody, yeah, Becky Lynch is great though. So we'll just leave it at that. Let's go to number seven. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is uh fantastic. Uh, he's just this big motherfucker who like, he looks like some dude that you just, like, see in a bar, but then he, like, can do shit like somersault moon, like, somersault off the top rope kind of shit. Um, Kevin Owens is just an incredible talent. Uh, it doesn't matter whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. He always is, like, uh, he always gives it 110%. Uh, there he is in the top corner giving a stunner to, uh, that is, uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And then in the bottom corner, that's him delivering his apron powerbomb to Xavier Woods, which is a gnarly powerbomb onto the corner of an apron, on the corner of the ring apron, which is just like a bar of metal that fucking hurts. Um, but yeah, Kevin Owens is just like an incredible talent. Uh, he's currently a tag team champion with somebody else. Uh, and he's just like great at it. Like he's got this really like intense theme and it works. He in the ring is like one of the best, like he can get a good match out of almost anybody. Um, and he's really deceptively like fast and agile for his size. And that's what makes him, that's what makes him stand out amongst a sea of like more like built guys on the roster. So yeah, that's Kevin Owens. Any All right. questions? All right. Nope. I don't know too much about wrestling. He, he does look like somebody who I'd buy a beer for. Yeah, Kevin Owens is a lad. Uh, he's a pretty cool dude. Nice. All right, let's go to number six. 
Dominic Mysterio. That's him and uh, his police escort in the bottom corner. Uh, <laughs> Dominic Mysterio is uh, the son of Rey Mysterio. And he, uh, when he first started, everybody thought he sucked. And he kind of did. Uh, as like a good guy, he just wasn't very interesting. And then he became a bad guy and aligned himself with the Judgment Day, which is uh, Finn Balor, da- uh, Damian Priest. And then um, uh, Rhea Ripley, and specifically his pairing with Rhea Ripley, has turned him into one of the most entertaining guys on television. Uh, for instance, over the like over Thanksgiving, like when Thanksgiving was coming around, they they shot this like skit, base not really like a skit, but like this uh, this scene basically where Dominic and Rhea show up to his father's Thanksgiving dinner and just harass him and then kick his ass and leave. Bruh. <laughs> but what's even funnier is they come back at christmas and try to do the same thing so mysterio just calls the cops like his dad just calls the cops and they arrest dominic and he's just he's he just gets arrested and he spends like according to like the the story that that they tell is that he um he was held in county jail for for three hours and after getting out he started acting like he's a hardened criminal (laughs) <laughs> like he spent so much time on the inside when he spent three hours in a county jail, uh, <laughs> so that's why he has the police escort down here as if he's like some sort of dangerous criminal. But he's legit spent like three hours in a county jail. He also has a fake teardrop tattoo that you can see up here and a bandana. Yeah, he's just like such a little jackass, and it works so well because like people just want to see him get his fucking ass handed to him. Oh uh, man, I just I love I love bad guy Dominic so much. He just he amuses the hell out of me. Uh, does that does that shirt say "I am your mommy"? It says "I'm your mommy," uh, and that is a reference. So Eddie Guerrero used to have a shirt that says uh, "like I'm your poppy," um, and then when Dominic Mysterio turned heel, he started like mimicking Eddie Guerrero, which is like like an insult because he's a bad guy now. Um, and, and cause he's paired with Rhea Ripley, uh, Rhea Ripley got a, a shirt that says, I'm your mommy. And cause he calls her mommy, like mommy Sita. It's like a Eddie Guerrero thing. Um, so yeah, that's why it says I'm your mommy. That's a technically a Rhea Ripley shirt. Uh, and there he is holding Rey Mysterio's mask. Uh, do you have pictures of, of Rhea Ripley wearing the I'm your mommy shirt? Um, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember all the pictures that I put in this PowerPoint. I'm sure I can get you one later. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to number five. Bronson Reed. Uh, He's a big motherfucker. That's it. That's that's all there is to it. Is is he big? Yeah, yeah, Bronson Reed's fucking massive, and he jumps off the top rope. Uh, That's him about to murder Dolph Ziggler again. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, Dolph Ziggler's the same guy that Seth Rollins is curb stomping earlier in this PowerPoint. Um, but Bronson Reed just came back to the company and he's just like so entertaining to watch because he is like this. He's huge. Like he's like a big fucking dude and he'll just like run at you and, and like he'll, he'll just run at a wrestler, hit them and they will just go like flying away. Like he does this shoulder tackle, like where the opponent will be on the floor and he'll be on the apron and he'll jump off the apron and shoulder tackle him. And when he hits him, I swear to God, it looks like they get hit by a fucking truck. Like, they just, just die, like, from getting hit by this. 
and he's just like got such an like fun move set to watch because he has like a whole, a whole bunch of like impressive power stuff like deadlifting people and throwing them around um and then of course his finisher is the tsunami which is just a splash from the top rope which is crazy that he can do that because big guys like him aren't really able to do that because he's like double kevin owens size like kevin owens looks small compared to bronson reed bronson reed is a big motherfucker um and i just love watching him wrestle i want them to give bronson more things to do because i think he is just that fucking good um yeah there you go bronson reed big motherfucker bronson and now and now next austin theory uh, seen here in these file photos, posing with Vince McMahon and punching John Cena in the penis. What? Um. <laughs> Why? Because he's hitting John Cena in the ball so he can beat him in a match. It's pretty simple. I also dig the face he's making with Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's what I was. That was the first thing <laughs> he I looks saw. like. He looks like a Meat Canyon video. If you know what those are. <laughs> Austin, I can't hold on. <laughs> Austin Theory, Austin Theory is like the next big thing in WWE right now. Like he's the closest thing to like John Cena, unironically that you're gonna see anytime soon. Like he has like the same, like like the same like willingness to work and the same like promo ability, to a lesser extent, of course, because Cena is such a veteran now. But he he like he looks like John Cena from like two thousand six when he first started, um, and Austin Theory is just great. Like Austin Theory, there's a reason this guy's the future. Like everything, he's just such a personality. Like he's so easy to hate with his like stupid fucking face, um, <laughs> and he's also a really easy to meme wrestler. Like there's a lot of memes about Austin Theory that both like make me laugh, but also laugh in a way where um, like it doesn't detract from. Him. Like I don't laugh, and then I'm unable to take him seriously. I laugh because it's funny to watch an asshole look like an idiot, and I just think that that's just a really like, it's just a testament to how good he is at being a bad guy. He's also the current United States champion. Um, that's an old picture from his last reign as champion, but he is champion again. Um, that was him defending it against John Cena when he punched him in the cock. Um. <laughs> So yeah, Austin Theory was he was pretty much the last guy Vince McMahon like anointed as the big guy as like the big star before uh Vince uh stepped down as like the head of creative, which you know Vince still has some stuff to do with creative still, of course, because we can't have nice things. But um <laughs> he's not as involved. But uh Theory was his like pet project because every because he really likes Theory, because Theory just like he just looks like a star. Like if you just look at him, he looks like a star, he wrestles like a star, he talks like a star. There's no reason why Austin Theory shouldn't be, like, a top guy within, like, the next couple of years. Um, yeah. So that's 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 Austin Theory and his uh, <clears throat> smug-ass face. <laughs> Sami Zayn is number three. Uh, Sami Zayn is the other tag team champion with Kevin Owens. Uh, Sami Zayn is, was part of one of the most, like, well-loved storylines of this past year which is the bloodline um which is basically where he became an honorary member of like roman reigns like samoan family group 
So it's like Roman Reigns and his cousins, the Usos and Solo Sokoa. And then Sami Zayn just kind of joins in, even though Sami Zayn is a white guy from Quebec. <laughs> um, he just like weasels his way in and he becomes this like super endearing guy where like everybody wants to see Sami succeed. Um, and they're like just waiting for like that inevitable moment when uh, Roman Reigns turns on him. And when it finally happened, uh, actually, Sammy turned on Roman by hitting him with a chair. The crowd exploded. Like, oh, my God, it was so loud. Like, Sami Zayn was so popular at that point in time. He then um, went on to challenge Roman for the world titles at Elimination Chamber in his home uh, in his home country. Sadly, he did not win. But that match was insane. Like, it was so loud in that building. Like, they. Like, you know it's going to be good when they don't even touch each other. Like, the mat, their bell rings, and then they just kind of stand there for, like, two minutes while the crowd just, like, screams as loud as they can for, like, two minutes straight. Like, that's how popular this Yukon Cornelius-looking motherfucker <laughs> is. <laughs> he does look like Yukon Cornelius. Yeah, and that's him hitting his finisher, the Haluva Kick, on uh, Jay uh, Uso at WrestleMania. Because at WrestleMania, he won the Tag Team Championships from uh, Jay Uso. <clears throat> and his brother, Jimmy Uso. Um, Sam, Sami Zayn's partner was Kevin Owens, obviously. Um, but yeah, Sami Zayn, he's, Sami Zayn's always been good. Um, but now it feels like now is the time where he's being taken seriously in a way that he has never been taken seriously before, or at least not in a long time. And I think it's a, I think it's about time, honestly, because, you know, Sami Zayn is that guy. Like, he's got a unique look. He's talented and, like, He's he's if Kevin Owens can get a good match out of anybody, uh, Sami Zayn can get a good match out of like inanimate objects. Like he's that good. Like he could wrestle a fucking traffic cone and somehow pull out like a three star match out of it. He's just that good. Uh, he's involved in one of my favorite ladder matches of all time, which is Night of Champions. I can't remember the year off the top of my head. I want to say it's twenty twenty one. He had a triple threat ladder match with uh, Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Uh, AJ Styles is another great wrestler who didn't make this list, by the way. Um, but yeah, Sami Zayn is just utterly fantastic. Uh, there's a reason why this guy's like the most popular guy in the company right now. Um, I like the look and, of this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's got this like he's 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 very charming. Um, he's very charming in the way he talks and the way he acts. He's just got this uh, great energy about him. So yeah, there you go. That's Sami Zayn. Now for number two, Gunther. Gunther and his group Imperium, which is, uh, as you can see here, the guy with hair uh, on the side here. He's all the way at the edge of the screen wearing the, the track jacket. That is Ludwig Kaiser. And then on the other side, the other the bald guy there is Giovanni Vinci. And that's, that's his group Imperium. Uh, one thing I want to note is that Ludwig Kaiser has the greatest wrestling nickname of all time. He's called the Propaganda Machine. Awesome nickname. Um, Propaganda Machine. Yep. So this is Gunther. He is DOS Ring General. Uh, he's also the current Intercontinental Champion. And he is just a big motherfucker who will hit you so hard that you will stop existing on this mortal plane. There he is murdering Seamus. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he throws, like, knife-edge chops through just, like, chops to your chest, but, like, when he hits you, it sounds like you just got shot by a by a point-blank, like, sniper rifle of some script. 
he is just an incredibly intense guy and he's one of the few people who's like he's just like his whole his whole like gimmick and everything about him just screams that like this guy is a threat like he never looks like a guy that you could just be like oh i could see like like it was like oh you know like Sheamus could beat him or whatever like he like he's he's a monster heel as opposed to a scared one like Austin Theory would run away and you're like oh you know like he's a coward I want to see him get his ass kicked whereas Gunther like he falls in this category where it's just like I I fear for the safety of my favorite wrestler when he steps in the ring with Gunther because Gunther's gonna murder him <laughs> and like he just like he just creates such of like a great like um he just creates such a great like mountain to climb when he's like a champion like he's intercontinental champion right now um and he just brings this great intensity about him when he speaks he like commands attention like it's 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 just like there's a reason why this guy is like positioned where he is in WWE right now um his theme used to just be like an 11 minute symphony song i can't remember i think it's symphony number no. 7 or something like that um it used to it was 11 minutes long it used to be his theme. They changed it, sadly. <coughs> I wonder why. But that's what it used to be. But yeah, Gunther is um he's great and his group is great. I just love uh I just love uh Dos Ring in general here. Gunther. Uh, I I just I'm looking at this guy and I'm like if the, if it, now, uh, uh, he's German, yeah. Austrian. He's Austrian. Yeah, that that is what uh the Russian from Rocky or I think it is. That's what he would look like if he were Austrian. That's the only yep. thing I could think. Like that. Yep, that's yeah. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's one of the few guys who makes the no knee pad look work. Mm. He's a very scary man. Come he's here. also deceptively like I don't know if it really comes through in these pictures, but he's a very big man. He's very big. I kind of got that vibe. Yeah, he's a very big and scary man. So yeah, that's Gunther number two. Gunther and Imperium, of course. Das Ring General Gunther. So now I have some honorable mentions here. Um, this is the uh, Roman Reigns and, and his group, the Bloodline. There you see Sami Zayn kind of peeking in there uh, in the Bloodline. Uh, and then there's Paul Heyman, of course, making the funniest face I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> but that's his group, the Bloodline. The two people sitting down are Jimmy and Jay Uso from left to right. Uh, or excuse me, left to right is uh, Jay and then Jimmy Uso. Uh, and then right in the middle is Roman Reigns, and he's kind of the main focus of this slide here. Um, Roman Reigns is the top guy in the company. There he is uh, uh, standing on top of Brock Lesnar, who is buried under all those objects. Um, there's a reason why Roman Reigns is a top guy, because, I mean, he just, he, he's a star. Like, he just is. The way everything about him is just uh, exactly what it should be. Like, literally, like, He's great in the, I think he's great in the ring. I think he's great in promos. I think he makes stars out of everybody that he wrestles. Um and I just think he does a like he just does a great job at like creating this homelander energy where like because he has this group and he himself is also like pretty like intimidating and powerful. It, he creates this homelander effect where anytime he's around your favorite wrestlers, you're concerned that this is going to be the time where he just snaps and just murders him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like it creates a very similar feeling to like Homelander and the boys. And I, and I really like that. Um, but the thing that holds Roman Reigns back from making the list 
is that he does not work a very consistent schedule. He's a very big part-timer now, which means he only shows up every once in a while, and I think that that hurts it. But I also understand that he, um, you know, he just doesn't want to work, uh, like, he doesn't need to work that much any, uh, because of how big of a star he is. I just kind of wish he would anyway. That's just my personal but he's he's currently uh holds the WWE championship and the Universal Championship. It's the blue belt that is like hidden under his arm there in that center picture. Um so there you go. That's my first honorable mention, William Reigns. Uh Pete Dunn, not Butch. Butch is a stupid gimmick, and I hate the fact that he's got a stupid gimmick. Uh it makes me mad. Uh Pete Dunn. That's his name. Not Butch. Pete Dunn. Uh Pete Dunn is the spitting image of William Regal. Like, I think this guy is, like, the closest thing to William Regal, like, we're going to get in wrestling uh, anytime soon. Except maybe William Regal's son, depending on how he turns out. But <clears throat> he's a great technical re- wrestler, the Bruiserweight. Um, he just has this, like, really good, like, like viciousness about him that I think, like, comes across well. Like, in this picture on the left here, he's doing his, like, famous joint manipulation thing where he'll, like, twist his fingers. And it'll make it look like he's breaking their fingers. It's so good. Uh, oh, by the way, that's Ludwig Kaiser again. Uh, there he is again. <laughs> it's the third time he's shown up in this PowerPoint getting hit by something. <laughs> um, I, that, that's actually him. completely an accident. I can't believe that happened. Oh, you can also kind of see Gunther in the background uh, above the SmackDown logo there. You can kind of see his head. Um, but yeah, Pete Dunne is uh, a great wrestler. I think he's fantastic Like tech, like tech, as a technical wrestler. I think he's also fantastic at, do, at doing high-flying moves. Which um, a lot of NXT, which uh, I think is, comes through a lot in his old NXT UK work. Um, his current stuff with the brawling brutes, where he's Butch instead of Pete Dunne, I don't like it as much. Uh, that's why I put once again, not Butch, not Butch. Um, yeah. So hopefully he becomes Pete Dunne again at some point and stops being Butch, so that I can put him on this list. And talk about how he's the bruise weight again, how he's awesome, like when he was UK champion. <laughs> what's he rest uh, in peace? What's he wearing in, in that picture all the way on the right? Which part? Uh, the, 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 the the fur thing is that like a like oh a... it's a fur it's a like a fur it's a sleeveless furry jacket kind of thing. Um, it's he wears it like to the ring and then he takes it off when he gets there. It's a, a entrance attire kind of thing. I vibe with that. Um, I'd wear that. Yeah, on the back it has the picture of like a bear, which is like a bear logo, and it will say like bruiserweight, because uh, he's like a cruiserweight, but he punches people with bruiserweight. Ah, see what I did there? Um, <clears throat> original idea. Do not steal. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's Pete Dunne, not not Butch. Jamie Hader. Uh, Jamie Hader can kick my fucking ass, please. <laughs> that's it. Next. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> just I wanted to include somebody from AEW here because uh I didn't want to see make people think that I only watch WWE. Um <clears throat> and this is Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter's fantastic. She's the current AEW women's champion. And not only is she gorgeous, but she's the best women's wrestler on that roster by far. And every match like I actively like watching Jamie Hayter matches, which says a lot because I don't really like any of the other women in that division because I think a lot of them are pretty bad. But I will still watch those matches just because I really like watching Jamie Hader work because I think she's that good at it. Um, I wish she would just go to WWE 
where they have a good women's division and she could be like an absolute top star there. But you know, it is what it is. I think Jamie Hayter is great. Um, an incredibly underrated talent. I feel like people don't give her quite as much credit. Um, people always talk about Britt Baker and like Jade Cargill and all those other women in AEW's roster. But I think, uh, Jamie Hayter just trumps all of them. And I think that, uh, she is, she has star written all over is, is the thing. Like, it's like the Austin Theory thing. It's like she looks like a star. She talks like a star. Like she is going to be a star, period. Like you can just kind of tell with some people. And I think Jamie Hayter pulls, I think it's especially impressive that Jamie Hayter pulls this off because she doesn't have a very unique look. Like a lot of women have gear similar to hers or hair similar to hers. Like she doesn't, <clears throat> she doesn't look like stand out. Like if you put her in a crowd with a bunch of women's wrestlers, she wouldn't stand out too much there. There? What the fuck? She wouldn't uh, stand out too much there, but she would absolutely like. Um, but like once you see her work and hear her talk, you see why she stands out so much. So that's Jamie Hader. She's also gorgeous. That's all. Um, last honorable mention here, Elia Dragunov. There he is, jump kicking the fuck out of Gunther. <laughs> uh, I think it's so funny every time you say Gunther. <laughs> Gunther. Gunther. Dos Ring General Gunther. Um, so yeah, Ilya Dragunov was actually the the first guy in WWE history to beat Gunther. Yeah, that's oh. true. Um, Ilya Dragunov, as you can see, his red contacts here looks awesome. He doesn't wear those anymore. He should bring those back. But uh, Ilya Dragunov has just so much intensity. I love watching Ilya Dragunov matches because he always has this like very like he brings like 110%. Like he always feels like he's firing on all cylinders and he brings this amazing intensity to all of his matches. I just wish they would use him more so I could see more of it because like his matches with, with Gunther were some of like the best matches that we put on that year. And it's just like Ilya Dragunov is just incredibly talented. Um, and I think he's an incredibly underrated guy. Cause I feel like people don't talk about him a lot when they talk about NXT talents, but they should talk about him because Ilya Dragunov is great. Um, and that's it for honorable mentions. So now it's time for like the most obvious number one ever. So number one's Rhea Ripley. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, have a nice day. No. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Rhea Ripley is absolutely number one for like a bazillion and a half reasons. Like for one, there isn't a bigger woman in the business right now than Rhea Ripley. Like she is straight up like the, the best women, women's wrestler in the world, if you were to ask me my personal opinion. Uh, her move set is impressive. Um, for instance, in the bottom corner, that's her submission move, the prism trap. It's a fantastic submission. Um, and in the opposite corner, she's pinning uh, Roxanne Perez in that way. Uh, but then <laughs> she does that when she hits the riptide, which is a great finisher. Everyone. Um, Rhea Ripley has a very unique look compared to like every other woman on the roster, and it helps her stand out so much. Like, it's like the Jamie Hayter thing where it's like, if you put her in a crowd, you could pick her, you could pick Rhea Ripley out where you couldn't with Jamie Hayter. But the thing is, when you pick Rhea Ripley out of the group, she's also the best promo there and the best wrestler there. Um, She's big for the women's wrestlers. Like, she, like she's she's not actually that tall. Like, I believe I'm taller than her, technically, at 6'1". Because I think she's like 5'11 or something like that. She's not as tall as she seems. But because all the women are shorter, she looks like she's huge. And she could just like, and she's like this imposing force. 
Um, and you know, like, like just everything about Rhea Ripley's presentation works. Like her music works, her her ring attire works. Even like, even I wasn't big fan. I wasn't sure how I felt about like her new ring attire when she changed it. But like, it's it, that's even grown on me. I think it's great. Like, like she, Rhea Ripley is a top star if ever there was one. Like she is the best in my opinion, the best current wrestler in the world. Like there when she is on screen, everybody's watching. For why they're watching it may vary. <laughs> why they're watching may vary. But everybody is watching. <laughs> which is more than can be said for some people. <laughs> really quick. Really quick. You said that yes. she's like five eleven. Something like that. I'm I'm five nine. She's like two inches she's straight up two inches taller than me. Let me look this up. Let me look at this. Can I can confirm for you? She's five nine. She's actually your height. Okay, so we're the same size. We're the same size. That's kind of weird. It's weird to think about, yeah. Yeah, it's weird to think about because, like, that's what I mean. Like, when she's on TV, she looks huge. Like, she looks like she's like six five, but she's she's really not. She's really just a pretty, uh, like, she's pretty significantly shorter than I am. So. But yeah, Rhea Ripley is absolutely fantastic. She's with her help, she revived Dominic Mysterio's career, which is just like that's impressive enough on its own. Um, but she also has like a gazillion accolades at this point. Like she's been women's tag champion, she's been NXT women's champion, she's been NXT UK women's champion, she's been the Raw women's champion, the SmackDown women's champion. She's the current SmackDown women's champion, in fact. Um, that's her in the top corner beating Zelina Vega at the last pay per view to retain her championship. Um, yeah, Rhea Ripley is a star. She will be a star for a long time. Um, please, WWE, don't fuck this up. <laughs> and you know what? While 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 we have people here, uh, listening to me talk about Rhea Ripley, let's let let me let me get serious for a moment and talk to you, Vince Russo. Vince Russo, former head writer for WWE, this motherfucker said that the only way that people will like Rhea Ripley, like the only way Rhea Ripley could be a good guy, is if she stopped being God. And he said, and I shit you not, that if he, that if they want fans to like Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley has to, quote, go, like, stop dyeing her hair pitch black, like, go back to her blonde look, um, and start, like, wearing less black and less, like, leather and less piercings, and, quote, Show the fans how actually pretty of a woman she can be. Which is just like, what the fuck are you going on about? Like, for one, Vince Russo is a terrible booker. Not only of, like, women, but just of wrestling in general. And, like, two, her look is the only reason Rhea Ripley, like, Rhea Ripley's a star because of her look. Like, like... You you print money by having a goth mommy in your in your roster. That's printing money. That is printing money. Specifically Tyler's like, money. <laughs> yeah, specifically my money. You're specifically printing my money. No, but like Rhea Ripley, like there's a reason everybody on the internet is thirsty for Rhea Ripley. Like that like that makes you fucking that makes you money. Like, you're not going to make money by making her just another random blonde chick on the roster. Because there's a bunch of those. Like, there's a bunch of, of women who are, like, you know, blonde hair, you know, pretty girls or whatever, right? There's only one Rhea Ripley, and that's what makes her a star. That's what makes her awesome. 
<laughs> there we go. I just wanted to call out Vince Russo because Vince Russo is a fucking idiot. This if he is... thinks that Rhea Ripley would be better if she wasn't Rhea Ripley. Like, what? Like, come on. Ridiculous. Wrong. Vince Russo's officially an enemy of the show now. Yes, he is. Vince Russo is an enemy of the show. So there we go. There you have it. That is my top ten wrestlers. Give you a quick quick little uh, quick little recap. Number ten is Gargano and Ciampa. Nine is Asuka. Eight is Seth Rollins. Seven, Kevin Owens. Six is Dominic Mysterio. Five is Bronson Reed. Four is Austin Theory. Three is Sami Zayn. Two is Gunta. Uh, there's some honorable mentions. Roman Reigns, Pete Dunne, J.B. Hayter, Ely Dragunov. And number one is Rhea Goddamn Ripley. <laughs> Rhea Ripley. Honestly, if somebody expected that to not appear in this list, they were just wrong. Yes, of, I mean, like, of course Rhea Ripley's number one. Rhea Ripley can kindly murder me. <laughs> that is all. And what's even crazier is I've followed Rhea Ripley's career from the beginning. Like, like from the beginning of, like, because, like, I remember when she was, like, legit just a woman with long blonde hair. Because when she first joined WWE, she was just, like, a woman. She wore red gear and she had long blonde hair. And she was just, like, like she was, like, every other woman on the roster. Like, it wasn't significant at all. And then on NXT UK, which was like the smaller of the two NXT shows, is when she first debuted her like her like goth gimmick, like the whole like goth punk look with all the chains and all that stuff. And she got so popular in NXT UK that they moved her over to NXT. And then they moved her from she got so popular in NXT, they moved her over to Raw. And then like here she is now. Like there's like Rhea Ripley is amazing. <laughs> We know, we know you're in the so, yeah. Ripley fan club. Yes, like I said, printing money. My money. <laughs> D's money as well. Yeah, also my money. I don't even follow wrestling, but I'm like, yeah, alright. I don't follow wrestling. I follow Rhea Ripley. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, because that sounds... That no, sounds no, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, wait, wait, hang on, <laughs> that, on, real wait, bad. on social media. Hold on, on social media. Yeah, I didn't even think of the other one until he started saying something. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Right. <laughs> like, we gotta clarify. <laughs> yeah, to clear, I feel like stalking her would be dangerous, even if you wanted to. Like, I feel like that would just end worse for you, if anything. <laughs> Consider, especially considering, like, if you think like Rhea Ripley's already pretty intimidating looking. Uh, her fiance, Buddy Murphy, is also a pretty fucking scary looking dude. Like, I feel like if you got within like two hundred feet of them, you you die. <laughs> like, you would be you'd be wiped off the face of the earth. Like, they're a scary guy. They're they're a scary couple. Uh, can I say really quick? Go uh, for it. They could beat me up together. I, you know, like I wouldn't fight back. <laughs> yeah. He's like, on second thought, maybe I will stop them. Just no. So I can get my no, 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 no. <laughs> no, obviously, we don't. Obviously, here at the government level, but we don't condone harassing, like any of any of these like professional wrestlers. Like, obviously, don't stalk them, and obviously, don't do any of that stuff. Um, also, just don't be weird to them. Like that's another thing. Sometimes wrestling fans can kind of get weird with them. Don't get weird with the wrestlers, please. Um, like for instance, don't call them by their real names. 
Uh, that pisses me off uh, when they call them by their real names. Don't call them by their real names. Yeah, yeah, I, um, so I, yeah, I, don't, I did yeah actually, don't do that. I did accidentally discover Rhea Ripley's real name. by Google Yeah, and her. it's okay to like know her real name, but do not call her her real name. Don't do that. Yeah, no. um, like if you see if you see her and she looks busy, don't bother her. Like if she's at an airport trying to check in, like don't bother her there. Like, just like, you know, you kind of have to like like these are people. You know what I mean? Like they're not like fucking Disneyland characters. People, you can't just keep going around and harassing them. So yeah, that's that's so here at the government love about we don't condone doing anything inappropriate, whether it be stalking or or harassment or any of that shit. No matter what. Period. That's a, that's another official stance. That's our official stance. Don't stalk. That should be everybody's. We, we, but I don't want us to be the only podcast with that official stance. Yeah, I feel I, like every podcast should have that official stance. Yes, agreed. Agreed. There you go. There's my positive topic on uh, pro wrestling. There nice. we go. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure discussing topics with you guys. It seems like we've come to the end of this episode of Government Love Bot. Indeed. Yes, we have. Well, I have been Nick. I've been D. And I have been the Rhea Ripley enthusiast, Tyler. And this has been Government Love Bot. Make sure to polish your Government Love Box, folks. Love Box, folks. Good night. Thanks for coming, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.